folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, the Fit and Fab channel, the NBC network, iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane Age. Uh, this is the H Factor, new day, new show. Uh, we'll, we're going to have a nice little ride today because my guest is going to take us through a journey of uh, tough times, good times, resilience, perseverance, determination, success, you name it. We're going to talk about fitness, nutrition, martial arts, I mean, the whole thing. And things that life can throw your way, and sometimes you know it's tough stuff. So, so without any further ado, I have with me uh, Rick Koenig. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show. Hurricane, thank you so much. It's an honor. I've been checking out your material, your star. So hopefully this sets me off. And I tell people all the time: grab the popcorn and get ready for the shit show. Uh, I, I like to, it. I'm ready to <laughs> drop a pound of sound, man. <laughs> well, well, listen, you know, uh, thank you, by the way. Um, you know, listen, we're trying to do our thing, you know, bring some value to people. And I mean, there's there's obviously choices out there. People have diversity of, you know, talk shows and programs everywhere. We tend to try to focus on it. And that is inspirational, motivational, educational, enlightening. And, you know, basically we touch on everything that is health, wellness, fitness, motivation, inspiration, which basically if you have all these, you're good in life. <laughs> and we touch on business, which again, it's part of life. And, uh, you know, uh, definitely we talk mental health. We talk physical health, obviously it's important. Uh, fitness, wellness is a big deal. Now, now, Rick, you... You, we're going to talk about your program and, you know, what you do now is coaching and things like in personal training. But before we do that, you have a very interesting, long life story that, that needs to be heard. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned from that story that hopefully people that are watching and listening, they can learn from it. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but they can pick up some stuff that they can actually use in their life uh, towards positive and maybe avoid certain things in life. Uh, and I know you, you're open to discuss this stuff, so it's important. Now, now you are a martial artist, you know, over 50 years, you know, on and off. You've done a lot of different things. You've you opened your own dojo. You did all that stuff. You've been an MMA fighter. Uh, but before all that stuff, you have a story. You're originally from, my digs, I think, Jersey, right? Originally from South Philly. Oh, South Philly. Okay, so you know what? You do yeah. that. So t let's talk about Rick, you know, from early on. Yeah, you know, growing up on a city block in South Philly, we had about 75 homes, 75 homes per block. And, you know, it's a typical city block. So I walk out my front door, I'm hanging out with about 30 or 40 of my best friends. And really, I don't really have a lot of memory prior to being four. I just know from my parents that I got into a lot of trouble, a lot of fights, even even at a young at a young age. But I do remember. And again, my fondest memory was at the age of four. On June 27th, 1972, my parents enrolled me in my very first martial art class. And why I know that date is because that's when I turned four. You had to be four years of age to take your very first class. If you wanted to play football, baseball, or basketball, it was seven. My folks couldn't wait to seven. They are afraid I was going to get locked up before then. So at any rate, they enrolled me in my very first class. And um, my, my instructor, my sensei, broke my nose. Broke my nose the very first class. He did intentionally mean to hit me. I don't think he meant to break my nose. And Mike Tyson has a saying, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And then kind of that plan just kind of disappears. Well, that's when I fell in love with martial arts. As, as, as odd as that might sound, I knew it was for me. I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed the feeling. I just knew what it was, it was about. It was the first time that I physically got punched in the face. And I was like, oh, this is an eye opener. And I came back the following day, 
And my instructor was just shocked. You know, I remember him saying, kid, you're here. And I'm like, black eyes, swollen face. I'm like, well, we signed up. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And now you're going fast forward 51 years later. I'm still somewhat active in martial arts. So that, that was the beginning of my journey where I tell everybody, if it wasn't for martial arts, I'd either still be in jail, and I did say still, or I'd be dead. And that's a fact. So, so Rick, you know, the, the the subject of martial arts is just, you know, amazing. Because you started at four, I started at nine. So, so not too far apart in terms of the age group. But, yep. but you know, you're right. There is people join martial arts for different reasons but i think the main reason is you know it teaches discipline it gets you organized it gets you confident and so on and so forth and you do appreciate the uh the irony in fighting because when you get hit <laughs> you know you would know exactly like you know we have a saying in our you know school system you know my son is always saying you know the way we train the way we fight you know if you if you if somebody hits you you got to dish it out you got to pay back you know you're going to learn to actually feel those those moments because if you don't get touched you know like they say the back doesn't hit back right <laughs> you know you know you yeah, want to feel that the more the more you bleed in school the less you bleed on the streets that's right so yeah i mean if you can you know that's exactly right you you bleed in the dojo you're not going to bleed in the street because you know how to train not to and it's and it's an important lesson. And for kids specifically, it is a big you know place, whether to stabilize your 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 fighting skills and not get you like in trouble, or maybe get you a place where you can just let it out, you know, and you can do it the, the right way and train with other people and throw them down and get punched and punch and go all that stuff. But there is no ramification to that. I mean, other than you know, I mean, obviously you don't want to hurt someone, but certainly in training, you know, you get to get all that energy out without having to compensate in the street and it's a different place plus it teaches you anyone that's in martial arts would know this you don't train martial arts to go around looking for fights there's no i have not met one person that is in martial arts that is that that they have a dna of the arts that goes on looking for fights you don't i mean it just doesn't happen and if you get two martial artists you know head to head in the street they probably will probably bow down and kind of say you know what i appreciate you you know we don't have to go there because we know the outcomes one of us is going to get hurt and you know, and one of us is gonna go to jail or, or or to a grave. It doesn't pay, as as I always say. You know, the best fight is the one that never happened. You know, if you can avoid a fight, you know why not? Now, when do you fight? If you have no choice, if you have to save a life, to save yours, to defend yourself, you know, and and even that you have to do with 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 limitations because depends on your magnitude, or level. You know, you can be very hurtful to others if you you put all your techniques and your knowledge into it. I mean, you know, I, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, when it, whether you win or lose, you still bruise. I love it. <laughs> See, that's a good one. <laughs> when you lose, you still bruise. You might break your hand. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things. And like you just said, just the self discipline of knowing what you can do to that individual gives you more confidence to kind of walk away. Saying, you know what, you're not going to take it as far as I am. I know it. It's going to end bad for you but it's also going to end bad for me because i'm probably going to get locked up you know because of the damage i did to you and now any more days you just got to be worried about them having a gun i mean i know jersey philadelphia new york their gun laws are pretty more restricted opposed to out here in the midwest this is the wild wild west you don't need to have a permit you can purchase a gun from anybody you can open carry i mean that was the first thing that blew my mind living in a tri-state area for 42 years and moving out here to Branson, Missouri, 
how free they are with with, with their with their guns. I mean, it, it was it was a, a, an eye opener. And you know, you wind up catching a case of road rage out here. You know, you come walk into somebody's car, their legal right is to kill you. I mean, it's it's in the laws. Now they're gonna you know go through some a process and questionnaire and probably get locked up. But ultimately, in the court of law, they have the right to kill you. Which you know, I try to tell people all the time, all, all my buddies back home in, in Jersey and Philly, be careful of that road rage. You know, I mean, that's it's something that you don't want to take lightly anymore. And today's society's changed a lot. I mean, we're we're you know, you're you're younger than I, but. We grew up in the 70s and 80s, and you didn't see as much as that as you see today. And it's pretty scary if you think about it, because I think a lot of these young kids, they don't even think of the consequences before they even do it. And then they're locked up for the rest of their life, and they're crying like little babies because what they did. Well, you should have thought about it before you pulled the gun, stupid. So, again, it's a lose-lose situation. But martial arts, again, for even youngsters, very important, very important for the discipline. Very important. I mean – Considering all the discipline I had at a very young age, uh, and again, with my anger issues and things that I do, I got myself in fair trouble. You know, I mean, Hurricane, I I, I did. I mean, I, I was in juvenile detention center before I went to to uh, adult prison, things of that nature. So I know for a fact, if, if I wasn't in martial arts, I would have probably still been, been in prison or dead. So even at my magnitude, it calmed me down. But I was still a wild child. I really was. And, you know, we, 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 we talk about not using it on the street. <clears throat> I was in situations the majority of my life, in neighborhoods the majority of my life, that I was tested. I was tested on a daily basis. And it wasn't typically for my own peers. It was the, it was the older boys. You know, when, when, you're, when you're 9, 10, 11, and these kids are 16, 17, and 18, that's a big difference. Now, when you get into your 30s, 40s, and 50s, it kind of evens back up. But at a young age... You're looking at an adult and you're still you're still a kid. You didn't even hit puberty yet. And, and this guy's testing you of your manhood. So I, I will have to be honest with you. I used a lot of the skills that I learned on the streets and, and made sure that they were battle tested. And I, that's what kind of <laughs> catapulted me into getting into MMA and things of that nature in the late 80s, early 90s, because it wasn't it wasn't for money. You weren't making money. You were lucky to make 500 bucks at the time. It was to go in there and, and show your art, show your hard work, show what you were about. And it was considered crazy. I mean, it wasn't legal in states. You had Senator McCain going around state to state, calling it human cockfighting. I mean, New York was probably one of the last states that actually sanctioned it sanctioned it for, for fights. I mean, it, it was tough for the UFC, Dana White, and the Ferretta brothers to get it up and running. And now they're billionaires, zillionaires. I mean, it's unbelievable. On a $2 million investment, what Dana White turned that UC into is just amazing. My props off to Dana White. Yeah, you know, I'm listening to you and, and you've touched on quite a bit there, you know, and and thank you for 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 sharing that that value that you were in essentially bullied because bullied by by those big guys. And yep. by the way, and one of the reasons I got into martial arts was that I was also bullied by those 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 guys around the corner in the neighborhood, they're bigger and you're tinier. And I was a tiny kid. So, so that was, that's easy. Like you're the easy prey. And yeah. until the day you kind of put it to the test. Now I, I only fought a couple of times in my whole life in sure. real, you know, in the street, sure. but those two, two times I had the upper hand sure. <laughs> and, and they knew what's up, you know? That's so good. the first, the first, a one, valuable lesson. the first one was when I got bullied again after, cause they, they, 
you know, especially when you're in martial arts, they want to test you. That's the other part. Like, oh, you know, crazy. You know, that shit doesn't work. Well, you know, right. the only way to find out, you know, bring it on, baby. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. They, you know, one day they wanted to to feel what it looked like. And I showed them what's up and that that I did that discussion and respect became, you know, part of our, you know, curriculum and discussion and, you know, vocabulary. So we were good after that. And and it only happened one time in I was in college and, you know, these these thugs came out of this vehicle, oh, you know, upstate. yeah, 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 there was there's older, you know, and uh, the, these guys were just like uh, hating and um, they came out and um, and literally one had a knife, one had a stick and, you know, wow. they came out and, um, you know, I took the two guys out and the third one you know was not happy and then they, they <laughs> we ended that and then the other people came in the fight was done and it was good that that's it after that i never had it, you know the opportunity to actually get into this shit and and frankly that was only me doing just karate you know that was back in the uh -huh. days that's uh, great to, in, the last, in the last 20 years i've i've learned a lot more <laughs> you know skilled you know arts of of the fighting and, and you know close combat stuff and yeah, the, the techniques the, down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've I've transited from from karate to taekwondo over the years, and then I then I went to ninjutsu or bushi, you know, the bushikan, you know, stuff, yeah. the the bushido arts, bushido. and uh, you know, so it's a little bit more of you know hands-on contact, you know, which includes aikido, you know. I love aikido. Jujitsu, all the stuff and, and weaponry aikido. and stuff. So, so you know, it's. Like I always say, like you said it best, you know what damage you can do to someone. You know, people don't realize, you yeah. know, most people punch and kick. That's really the, 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 the gist of most of the fights. You see the brawls, that's what it is. People throwing punches and, you know, they swing at people and that's it. Now, you, you impact the face. I, yeah. I love what you said. When Only when you get, you know, a hit in the face, you know exactly what it feels like. Uh, right. By the way, I, I shared that 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 history with you. I actually got my nose broken a couple of times, so trust me. I know. <laughs> you know how it feels. I, I know how it feels with that. Fell in love with blues. it. <laughs> you know, I I we have a joke about it because when I, when it happened to me, it happened to me testing. We oh. were actually in in an actual test, and uh, in tests you don't give, you know, you just go, and right. and and this actually we were sparring with knives, okay. and you know and you know there was just a back hit, and it just came to the nose. And uh, you know, I was like, poof. I mean, and it's it's really, you know, it it hurt. I mean, yeah. I, but you know, in the test, you gotta you gotta swallow that pride, and you, you just take going. it. Take, and actually, we did. We kept, and you know, even our professors like, man, out. you yeah. you guys, you guys are crazy. I'm like, you know, listen, we're testing. You want that belt, and you're gonna go for it, no matter what. And uh, so eventually, we we uh, you know, like a week later, we had a, a camp training. And this was like a you know multiple schools you know uh, once a year training they all come in, and oh you got all the different professors and you know shihans from different systems come in and do demos, and uh, you know so my our top professor or sensei came in and like he he looked like his son looked at him he's like what's wrong with you he's like don't worry about him because <laughs> he knew what happened he was actually it happened in front of him in his in his because he was the one testing us, so it was it was like you know fun you know. It's a memory that is unique. You know, most people probably will listen right now. Like you guys are talking about broken noses. Yeah, you would not, <laughs> you, you you're not gonna feel that. You know, if you're not into the art, you're not gonna know that. Uh, but but you know, not that we recommend to go and find out about broken broken noses, folks. But but it, it happens when you're in the art. Listen, if you're in the martial arts, you gotta get hurt. You have you to just know that you're gonna get pain. Pain is part of your your vocabulary when you train. 
and it, it becomes part of you. You take a lot more pain than the average person. You know, you can take a, in a hit versus the, the person that's not trained because you're not afraid to get hit. That's one. And the other part about it is, you know, as you said, you, you bruise, you, you bleed there. You're not going to bleed in the street. Right. And that's what it is. So you train rough and, you know, you break bones. I broke, a, you know, a couple of things, you know, sprained some, some ankles, you know, yeah. you get bruised, cut, you know, you got blues, you know, and, you know, all over your body when you finish. Now, I mean, you know, especially when we're, we're kicking and punching and you do using batons and using sticks and stuff like that. Things, you know, Actually, do happen. happen. Oh, yeah, it happens. Now, of Actually, course, it's it happened. I mean, that's 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 part of it. I used to tell my students all the time, you're going to hurt. Bottom line. But when you're injured, you're out. Meaning that if you broke something or things on these, you're, hey, you know, you got to nurse it. A lot in jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu itself. I tell people, if you last six months and you're not hurt, there's a problem. If you're not injured, it's you're going to do something. And and I've had nine knee surgeries, opened up nine times, uh, total hip replacement, my back, tendons, ligaments, you name it. I just had a big ego. I didn't like to tap. And I tell my students all the time, I said, tapping is taking your medicine. Because when you take medicine, you do what? You get better. So just don't have an ego tap and don't snap. I I used to snap, you know, and, and now at the age of 55, I'm feeling those injuries. They're coming back. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If I just didn't have the ego and just did that little tap noise on their body or whatever, I would have saved myself. A lot of bad injuries. So no ego. Everybody okay. has an ego. Just try to check the majority at the door. Rick, thank you for that because that is an important, you know, piece. And I, actually, I am a big tapper. <laughs> you okay. know, here's the thing. You'll, I mean, you'll, I you'll last. You'll last long. I I take pain. You know, but yeah. but you know, the, here's the thing. I want to you know be able to do more. If I yeah. if I hurt, I'm just gonna stop, and I don't want to do that. So so when I listen, if you can. Show me that the technique is working. Then all I have to do is tap. It's working. I feel pain. I got it. You got it. We well, got to take yourself to that threshold because exactly. if you do it too premature, that's something that you'll do on the street. You'll, you'll, you'll get oh, yeah, yeah, on the street. I mean, it's, and I tell that to my guys who compete. I mean, these guys, a lot of them don't even attend the fight on the streets. If, obviously if they don't have to, but in competition, if they put you in a chokehold or a joint manipulation and you're used to tapping right away, well, you're going to probably do that in competition as well. So repetition is the mother of skill. Just take it to the edge right there. Know your body. Accidents do happen. I mean, I've I've tore both of my, my tendons and my biceps, triceps, tore all my quad tendons and both of my legs. That was probably the worst injuries that I ever had. And uh, my total hip replacement was probably my easiest. I would, have yeah. done it, I would have done it a long time ago if the procedure was was what it is today. Like anything else, they just they they further they, they further they advance in their in their um in their surgeries. And again, what I had done about three years ago, if I tried it thirteen years ago, I I would probably have been you know a little more chopped up. So they're they're coming a long way with with you know their different techniques. I'm going to call it and um the principles. And things of that nature. So, thank goodness. Well, listen. I mean, technology has been, you know, in medicine and innovations have been good. Surgery is definitely not not the best thing. I mean, not the the one thing you want. But if you have to have it, you have it. But at least now it's a much better, you know, place. And the healing process is different. The the hundred percent. I guess it's less invasive, and you know, and, and things like that. That you know, so it's simpler. And and you know, 
it's done better. I mean, you have the technology to do it better. But but thank but I, I, I thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, man. Well, Rick, thank you for 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 what you said. I mean, I you know, I, I when I said I'm a tapper, I want to just you know that to touch on uh, that. It's hundred percent. You 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 tap when somebody shows you that they got you. I mean, that's it. I mean, you're in a choke. You're not. You're gonna sleep after that, or you're gonna break a bone. So that's it. That's that. You're gonna carry a little bit. Your body's gonna have a point of a break point, and then poof, yep. and then oops. You know, you don't have to go there because here's the thing. And the part, part of when you advance training, it's very simple. You know, you don't just give up until the person takes the technique away from you. When they take it away, when they got you, they got you. They lock you down. You're there's no movement anymore. There's nothing else you can do. It's a done deal. You it's a wrap. You tell. It's a matter of seconds. Exactly. So now now it's like I don't like, ego does not have a place in that play, in the mat because it's gonna get you hurt. And or it's gonna get you like expelled. I mean, there are there are schools that will kick you out if you're really you, you're you're out of control because oh, no they're gonna be yeah i mean you you people come to train and you don't want for them to be hurt and you don't want a bad apple man no bad apples that's right well I've you seen could, it, i've seen it happen i've oh. seen it happen so many times you know <laughs> you know it's it's you know it's our duties as instructors to find those bad apples and and, and, and pluck them out you know, it doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they have a, a learning disability. And, and it's not going to happen at my school. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I've had numerous. I want to say, um, you know, dozens or anything like that. But I'd say probably about six to ten people that I really have to, you know, get get stern with and, 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 and break it down to them, bottom line. And the majority of them took it well. And uh, some of the guys came back. Some of the guys I had came back. They learned their lesson. They went and, you know, somebody handed them their lunch and they realized that, okay, maybe, maybe I just need to get my head out of my butt and, and do what the instructor's telling me to do. And that's, it's pretty easy. Well, you know? well, Rick, you know, thank you for that. Because here's the thing, you know, listen, folks, everybody that is good at what they do, you know, they, they're good at what they do, but there's always someone better. There's always another guy. That it's either someone who's younger, faster, this, that, the other, and doesn't matter. It's not even an age because in martial arts, age really. I mean, yeah, it has some to do with it, but actually, bit. but but when you get into advanced martial arts, I mean, you know, the older you are in the art, you know, I'm not talking the age in the art and the ranking that you have, you just basically have a different way of approaching your opponent, and your techniques are flawless. And you can do more damage than because you trained all your life. You're you're at a level where it's not very difficult to actually figure things out and see things happen. So that's really what happens. And you know, unfortunately, the younger folks, I'm not talking age in, in the ranking or the lower rank, usually does not have that maturity yet. And so that's what happens. You cannot tend to like you want to challenge everybody. Oh, I'm gonna take the brown belt and the black belts, you know. I can I think I can take them down, you sure. know. And you you look at the size and you size them up like oh I'm I'm six foot and, you know this person is five eight five seven you know I'm a bigger guy you know I think I can still do this. It's not about size. It's not about stuff. When when they know what they do, what, what they have, <laughs> they'll take you down. It doesn't matter how big you are. It's not the, again. These are the arts. That's why it's called arts. They, there's there's artistic stuff to it. There's techniques to it. There's a whole you know body manipulation that goes in. So the arts are just beautiful. But those that I admire the martial arts, all of them. And as a matter of fact, on, on my my in fact, you know, Facebook page, I throw in all kind of different arts, judo, aikido, BJJ, 
you know, karate, you know, like, you know, all, all like, you know, sword stuff, you know, you name it, we put it there because I love all of them. And you know what? You pick from everybody. And that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like I'd rather you love, do that than gold clay. You know, <laughs> I, I'd rather do that than paint. I mean, people don't realize that's why it's called martial arts. It is an art. And and and, and it's a beautiful art. You know, it really is. And, and being so diverse as you are, you're just getting to see all the beauty of each individual one, which is amazing. Because a lot of people just get pig-headed and they believe their art's the best art. And no, it's not. It's they're, they're all beneficial. And, and the more you know, that's just more tools in your arsenal. Bottom line, you, you got different tools that you can reach for that you can use that if you just stick to one in particular, you're stuck with that. And, and I'll give you an example. Nothing against Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because I'm a second-degree black belt, which in my point of time used to take about 20 to 25 years on up. Now guys are getting ranked a little quicker because you have the internet, YouTube. It's more accessible, and it's Americanized. You're not getting held back by a lot of Brazilians that used to do it. Somebody, again, they made a lot of money. They Just like how the Asians came over here with karate. You know, until Bruce Lee actually, you know, publicized it, um, they got upset about that. Well, it's the same thing with jiu-jitsu. However, you know, the reason why I got involved with Brazilian jiu-jitsu is because of the MMA, one-on-one. -on -one. Now, you find yourself on the ground on the streets at Walmart. I tell people all the time, get back on your feet. Do not do not, do not, not do any of your – I mean, if you have to, to get out of a certain – maybe if they have you mounted or things that I measure, yes, use your technique. But by all means necessary, get back on your feet. You don't know if their buddy's coming around the corner or their friend or whomever with a stick in their hand, a bat, and two-on-one, three-on-one, and you're on the ground, typically you're going to lose. You know, at least you have a fighting chance when you're on your feet. So I was always a strong believer in the stand-up. Again, I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but let's just keep it real. You know, when you're outnumbered standing up, it's tough, let alone being on the ground. Well, Rick, I love what you said there because, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, Hats off to the the BJJ guys. I mean, you know, they they master the ground. Let's call it for what it is. You you you're on the floor. You'll be done. I mean, if they catch you down there, you know. I mean, we we train grappling in our art, so we we train similar techniques. You know, basically the same techniques as BJJ, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, but we're nowhere. That's not our focus in terms of the training. I mean, so because we do all kind of different things, but but you, we know how to handle ourselves on the ground, things like that, chokes, you know, the arm blocks, the the leg, you know, you know, locks and all those things, you know, on the arm bars and things. But uh, when you get someone who's dedicated to the floor, I mean, they take you down and that's when they do the work, <laughs> you know, they're going to be better than you no matter what. I mean, that's what that is. That is 100 percent their game. Now, you're right. And when we stand in like for us, for example, it's not so much the fight and stuff. It's taking down people. You know, basically you get in, you get it's close quarters. You got to take them down and then you lock them somehow. They got to be finished. Right. And but but that's all that's all there is. Now, if you don't do it right and now you're in a fighting position there, now whoever is better, you know, at the, at the mat is going to do better. Right. Or whoever is faster in the kicks, they probably can get you. Uh, professor used to be very pissed when someone if this is I want you to take somebody down and you try to get them down. And, and obviously, then they're not going to just let you do it. They fight you back and you're not able to take them down. And now you're in a fight. He goes he used to go get goes gets banana. I mean, he really, you know, goes nuts because, you know, Dude, I didn't ask you to spar. I asked you to take them down. So right. you make, you take the technique and you practice your technique. Unless that's they're right. on the ground. Yeah, that's it. So you got to be a good so, partner. 
Exactly. Well, you got to work. But what yeah. you said is important is that there is one thing. Well, it's a it's almost like a, a rule that we have. And that is you fight one, you fight two, you fight two, you fight three. Always know that there's never one. So if if and by the way, you look around. When was the last time you saw someone going by themselves? You know, in general, when you're going out, there's always two or three people in the posse. And, Absolutely. And, and, and there's always like the first and the second, are the ones that are going to come up. And maybe the third one will be more hesitant because they don't want to get in trouble. But at the end of the day, you're going to get at least a couple, if not more. Yep. And to deal with, a, you know, a multiple attack, you know, it's not as this is not the movies unless you train. Listen, I mean, I've, I've, I've had my share of those types of trainings. But it is not a picnic. You know, people are going to come at you but with everything. They can have guns, knives, whatever. They can throw anything, you know, a chair, you know, things no can rules. go, you know, anything. Yeah, I mean, especially like in a bar on the street, things happen, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and so you don't know what's going to come up. So understand that if you're on the floor, your odds are less. I mean, listen, we even trained when you do two two against one for grappling just for the sake of it. Not because you're going to win. Love it. You have two, you're not going to win. I love <laughs> you know, it. Two, two people are going to, you know, smother you quickly, but it's the how long you're going to resist, you know, those two. If you resist two. Yeah, you resist two, you're probably going to be easier with one. So those are like some of the things that, that we were, you know, on, but but right on, in the, on the point that if you have to, you have to defend yourself again. You want to be in a position. You don't want to be cornered. You want you, you want to have always an open, you know, exit, you know, policy. And by the way, I can tell you this: it, there's no shame if you have to run. <laughs> better, it's better to run away to fight another day. Exactly. You know that that's the whole thing. Like people people are like, oh, I I can't take this, dude. You know, it's a, it, it's okay. First Get of all, like we, like, as we said, you don't fight. You don't. You can. I remember, like I love what you said about you know where you live. You know. Yeah. People have, you know, depends on where you are. They don't have yeah. to fight you. You know, no, no. they can just pull a gun and, you know, it's 25 cents and you're out. <laughs> they're, quick to, they're quick to do it. Yeah, they're, and they're very quick. They're very sharp with their gun techniques. <laughs> well, and again, for any reason, if they are frightened, again, like I said, with road rage, you know, you jump out of a car and they see this big monster coming out to their car, you know, they're they're going to, they're going to, you know, resist They're they're going to do something because, again, they could be scared for their life. And all they know is that they're trying to save it. Oh, that's so right. Again. You got to be you got to be careful. You got to be aware and prepared at all times, especially in today's times, because of there's just a lot of chaos going on out there. And you never know if you catch that person on the wrong day, the wrong the thing, We all have a bad day. And, you know, yeah. it, you know, sometimes you, you get to the point where you, you don't care that day and. Right. The wrong guy triggers you at the wrong time, and then you have you have a problem in your hands, and you don't know what will be the the next move. And a split decision can make life, death, or or really loss of 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 family and everything, just like that in a snap moment. So, folks, always be careful. Here's a here's another tip that I always throw out there: is that in when you train, and even if you're not training martial arts, train yourself to be you know aware. You know, don't get into a if you see a situation that is not 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 a fair play, whatever move. Listen, I see some as you said, you you walk in the streets or whatever, there's other guys out there. If I see a, a group of people that may not be welcoming to my moving around their their territory, I'll just go to the other side. <laughs> I don't have to go there and challenge them, you know, because oh. I think I can do a couple of things. No. You know, here's That's when you that you would probably regret. That's right. <laughs> you know, what I would tell you is this, is like, you know, uh, you, challenging them is not going to do anything for you. It, it, it's not. And 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 so even if, you, again, 
even if you win. Yep. You will lose because you're probably going to hurt them bad and you're going to to win five or six. You're going to hurt someone bad. When I lose, you still bruise. Exactly. Not going to work. Not fun. No. So, again, be aware of your surroundings and, and environment. Uh, avoid 100%. any, you know, see what's up. If you don't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Move on. You know, find another way, you know, go back, you know, switch the road, you know, whatever you have to do. But but don't get, you know, like cocky about it and like, hey, I want to do this. You know, I got this. Not worth it. Not worth it. Well, so, Rick, you know, uh, we've talked enough about martial arts and things. Uh, you know, and it's pretty. Uh, listen, we can talk, uh, we can talk all day about that. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. But 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 so so there is. You mentioned a couple of things that you yeah. went to to juvie and then you went to adult. You know, correct prison. Yeah, uh, there is a story behind that. Are you can you share a little bit about that? Well, and, and what that know, and what I, that lesson was. <laughs> <laughs> Which one you want first? The juvenile, I'm assuming, right? And, yeah. and I'm I'm just being honest, Hurricane. You know, my, 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 my anger, my, my violent behavior landed me up in juvenile detention centers. Um, you know, I look at it. I was just trying to defend myself. Unfortunately, you know, the, the damage that was done to other individuals had a judge pretty upset with me. Bottom line is he, he got sick of seeing my name and it was, it was always for a violent act. And even though I was defending myself, he just saw a pattern right there that he wanted to stop. And he didn't think martial arts was enough. So I was I had to go to a camp at the age of nine, which was more like a I, I kind of consider like a scared straight program where they kind of you're not you're not locked up. Now, when I was 13, I went to Jonesboro and I went to um, Yardville and they were juvenile detention centers. But at the age of nine, I was more like in a scared straight program. When I was 13, when I went to Yardville and again, it was all it was all from fighting. It was all from fighting. So, again, it just shows you right there. Is is your freedom worth being in a box, you know, being in a six by eight? And at the age of 13, that was a little bit of an eye opener because of you're yanked from your family, your loved ones. Now you're with a bunch of other guys that have the same exact behavior issues as you and you're fighting every day. Again, it's gladiator school. So you're just around a bunch of knuckleheads going, not again, not again, not again. You got sick and tired of it. You really did. And it was it was constant. So I, I believe, you know, after my after my stretch there, that was an eye opener for me. It really was. It, it was I knew I didn't want to go back. I know I didn't want to go back. So I would say I, I learned how to calm my, my uh, anger a lot after that. But it, but it took it took, you know, me doing time as a, as a young kid to, to, to open my eyes to that. So that's another lesson to be learned. You don't want to be in prison. You don't want to be in juvenile detention centers. It's not a place that you're going to like at all. And it's going to be probably one of your most miserable experiences ever. It also destroys. I mean, for the most part, if you know, you could destroy your life because it's on your record. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I still, today, have, I still have it on my record, Hurricane. You know, I'm 55 and it's still on my record to this day. And I, I have lost jobs over it. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it closes it, a lot of doors. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, like I said, it's definitely that's not a lesson that you want to um, find out on your own. Learn from somebody that did it. Well, thank you for that. Now, now you came out, you know, you you pursued, you started working and mm -hmm. back into the normal life, but only to find yourself in a, a very tough place yet again, but for a different reason. Which one? Well, uh, you know, with with the whole the, the, the main event of, of going to you mean you know, doing, doing prison. Yeah. Prison time itself. 
Yeah, that that was just um, you know, <clears throat> dealing drugs. Dealing drugs. I mean, it's nothing I'm proud about, but you know, my sentence was possession with the intent to distribute a controlled and dangerous substance. It was cocaine. Um, and yeah, that that landed me behind bars for five years. And that was maximum state security. I I went through Rawway. You're familiar with Rawway, Trenton State, which was probably one of my worst, my worst stops. I was in Yardville, or not Yardville, Kearney, Kearney, New Jersey. Um, Those are um, some tough places. Kearney's rough, man. Yeah, it's it's they're all rough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's not it's not where you want to be. And then wound up in in uh, Cape May County, Leesburg. So that was my father and I. It was a father and son crime. Uh, he was involved as well, and we were the first father and son team to ever go through the penitentiary maximum state security penitentiary together so that was a trip it really is and, and honestly by that time i was somewhat groomed i, I knew how it was going to be you know, always people will say well i'd be petrified there's no way i could do it listen as long as you go in there with the mindset of you're going in there to serve your time do your time don't let your time do you stay away from drugs stay away from gambling stay away from anything that you believe is negative, like you said, walk away from a situation when you see it. Don't get involved. Don't get curious. Mind your business and do your time. And the majority of the time, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And and, and again, it, it's something that it was a miserable part of my life. It was. And, and I've seen horrific things happen in prison. I mean, things that, you know, I won't speak of. But I've seen some things that will make people think twice about ever doing anything stupid and there's casualties on a daily basis. I've seen COs get killed. I've seen other inmates get killed right in front of me, you know, and, and when you see the life just get, get drained from a human's eyes, you actually see their soul leaving, man, that, that, that's a, that's an eye opener right there. It's an eye closer for them an eye opener for you. Well, 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 so thank you for sharing that. And, and, and the reason we're talking about this specifically folks is that, you know, as as you said best, is why go through the experience when you can avoid it altogether? It's not worth anything. It is not a fine experience. And you said it. Once you're in it, you got to deal with it and you have to cope with it. But it's not something that you can just erase. It's in your mind. As you said, these visuals, as you, I, I guarantee you, as you were describing, whatever that you saw, you had the full picture in sure. front of your eyes right now okay. as you were talking about. It. You can see that moment over 100%. and over in your mind. That is trauma on its own, and you know it's a it, it's something that simply can be avoided. I mean, again, mistakes happen. You know, in the first event that you've you you had the position, yeah. that actually again that so folks again, this is everybody can actually be sometimes, you know, uh, put into these these little things. You know, don't I don't want people because people can judge. You know, folks. Rick is talking because he's been through this and certainly he doesn't want people to go through this. His I mistakes. Think, yeah, and again, I don't condone any of my actions at all. It's something I, I got tied up into that um, could have been avoided. But at that point in time, I was young. I was 21 years old, 22. And uh, I was stupid. But I'll give you an example. And I tell people all the time, if they want to watch a good movie out there, watch Shot Caller. Shot Caller. It's probably the closest that you're going to get to actually seeing actual um, prison itself and, and the behavior of inmates and, and things of that nature. It's a great movie, 
But that just comes from a, a guy. He was a CEO of a company and he had one too many drinks. It, it was enough. And the guy ran, ran a stop sign, hit his car, killed his buddy in the back. But since he was under the influence, they got they got him for involuntary manslaughter. And then when he got into prison, he had to do work, meaning that he had to get involved with another a group in there that basically told him, if you do not do this to this individual, it's going to get done to you. So he took something that was going to last maybe eight, nine months in state prison into 15 years. And that stuff is real. I mean, it is real as it's going to get. And again, it's one of those deals. I mean, all depending on the institution or the prison you're at, um, certain certain facilities are, are going to make you do work. And it's not going to be fun work. And a lot of times they're uncomfortable telling you what needs to be done. But again, if you don't do it, it gets done to you. I mean, again, it's it's just a different, it's a world on its own and uh, it's it got its own rules. Yep. And, you know, I mean, it, 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 I mean, I, I would describe it as, like you said, I mean, this is, these are all, if you think you're bad, these are all, you know, people that, that just think the same. They're just badass, right? And so, well, so we, we, you, we said it too, Hurricane, you know, I don't care how tough you are because you'd see guys come in. Oh, I know MMA. I know jujitsu. Well, I know seven of my homies are going to just come on you and, and, and <laughs> it, you're not going to win. And I, I've seen it happen to the baddest guys that try to resist. You know, they, they get DP'd, you know, two or three times, man. They, they don't want any more, man. They start to cooperate a little bit. So, you know, you can avoid all that hassle and, and just not go to prison. <laughs> Listen, again, this is what this is exactly what we're doing here. Is like we, first, I mean, there's a, there's a good positive story beyond all this. Is is sure. Rick's Rick's coming back and, and taking care of business? But these are lessons to be learned. And by the way, for anyone around the world, it's it's probably the same or worse in other parts. <laughs> Just know that. So so you, any correctional facility in the world is probably going to be a tough place for anyone oh. uh, and especially if you're not cut out for it i mean as you said a ceo that you know you're nice little softy yep. i mean i'm not and by the way it's not putting down you know the the ceo no, it's a fact. but but you're not but you're not a street dog you know someone who actually is is born and raised you know in in a tough neighborhood and and can't handle themselves that's just not how, how it is now yep. We're not judging. People can be CEOs coming from from the, the any difficult there. neighborhoods. That's not what we're saying here. It's just that no. you know, you when you hear a CEO, you probably visualize someone who has been well educated, you know, and in a different level in terms of lifestyle. And then here you you're being thrown into the Shark Tank. You're basically Nemo in the Shark Tank. Not gonna be cool. <laughs> That's hundred percent correct. I mean, they're just groomed a different way, and it, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that's that's living in a perfect world. However, we don't live in a perfect world, and the majority of us aren't spoon-fed. You know, for the ones that are, God bless, as long as you turned it into a positive thing and you're not a poppist prick, judgmental on people and condescending, I'm cool with you. But if you're one of those arrogant guys, I don't care who you are, you're going to get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have no tolerance for people that are ignorant to other people. You know, I, I go out with a lot of people that I always see how they treat the waiter or the waitress for the simple fact. If they start treating that waiter or waitress uh, in a certain manner, I, I get in on them. Like, you know, this person's trying to make a living. Don't don't talk to them like you're their boss because you're not. You know, they're providing the service and treat them correctly. 
So I, I do a lot of self-evaluating on a lot of people that I'm with for the simple fact that my, you know, my, my time is precious and I, I don't want to associate with people that are going to make me feel some type of way and give me some type of negative impact. Well, I, I thank you for that because you're right. I mean, again, you know, titles should not make people, you know, judge others because here's here's the thing you can be a ceo today and you can be an inmate the next day just in right. that case you can be you know a nobody and become you know a ceo of a place that's kind of that's just what you earn in terms of your work and things and and here we just give in the titles and you know just to give a, a you know an actual descriptive but the fact of the matter is humans we should all look you know good at others Easily. no matter what uh, everybody is here in this world just to do the same basic things to live a happier life achieve certain things in life and hopeful stuff but you're right not everybody gets the same odds or the same cards you know we all have different cards and everybody's different you have people that are born overseas people are over in the states people are in the states in a different neighborhood versus others you never know you don't choose you know some some of these things now how you deal with them can determine your lifespan and what's going to happen in in that life 100%. can be bad as you said, you make the wrong decisions, you're going to pay. And I, I, I love you said I was young and, you know, in, in the age of 21. Young and dumb. Yeah. And dumb. Okay. I didn't want to oh. call that, but, 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 you know, I love, you know, your honesty about that. But here's the thing, guys, that is an age. And if you know, if you know, statistically from, I think, 18 to like 25, a lot of the crime, the crime is happening with that, that age group more than anybody else because people don't have value for life. They have no kids they have nothing so there's there's no attachment to a lot of things and then and and if, you know psychiatrically speaking like even development wise according to to the experts we don't even have our full development on our you know in, in our brain functions right so we're not even there we don't even have our identity at that point so it's very easy to make mistakes it's also gullible time where you can be distracted quickly and attracted into you know by the wrong crowds to do the wrong thing so again folks we're 100%. just trying to bring real. This is real. Yeah. Rick is as real as it gets. Is someone just like everybody else who came to this world trying to live a life, but made mistakes, and he paid for those dues. You know, and that's the thing. Do you want to pay the dues? I mean, it's not fun. It's the same thing as you said. If the fight, you need to know that there is ramifications. There's repercussions in every single action we do, and there's no doubt about that. As you said, that judge. You know, just saw enough of you, and he said, "Okay, well, we're gonna put you there." You know, and that's all it took. And then ultimately, you are now exposed to more and more. And then, you know, one thing leads to the other. Now you're into a different place. That's the other thing. If you think about it, right? It's a chain reaction. This, it's really one thing gets the other. Now you come out, you can't get a regular job. Let's say now, what are you gonna do? You're gonna find side jobs or side gigs, and it will be easier to make some money to win the bad things. And then that—that's a risk factor, and your risk is higher. And now you're gonna get into. And we see this on, in movies. We see, and, and by the way, those movies are just depictions of realities. I mean, right. that we live across, you know, our nations, and it is fact. And there's nothing we can do. So again, folks, for me, a, a motivational and inspirational piece. You know, we do not want to go in any route that is going to get us to those, you know, outings or, or outcomes or outlets or whatever, you know, facilities that we don't have to be there. Uh, you, you said it best. Is your freedom worth it? No. I mean, everybody, you know, loves their freedom. I mean, just just think about very simple folks. We all went through the pandemic. 
How did it feel when we could not move about and do things the way we usually do them? I mean, that that's 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 the biggest way. I'm you sorry. You can't get time back. You can get money back. Uh, you can't get time back. I think that's that's the biggest element in this whole picture is that your time is limited. We all have an expiration date, and we all even even your health is gonna go with the time, no matter how strong you are. As you get age, you know, you can maintain, but you're not the same as 20 or 30 or 40. As you get every decade, you have a little bit less of what you had and, and you can gain it back. And so now you're losing the time, you're losing the health, you're losing the stuff. Not good for anyone. And by the way, this is not, if you're watching and listening, this is not a direct message to anyone in particular, but we all can help someone. If we see the pattern, we see somebody that may be going in, in the wrong way, maybe we should help them out guide them give them some advice now people sometimes who the hell are you i don't need your advice and someone can say that to our show like well who cares about you people there i don't care i'm gonna do me well that's okay folks you know if that's the choice again choices choices we make the choice we pay the price for our choices no one is going to pay the price for you except you and that's really what it is you know so again just a little bit you know here and there to share some value here now after all this you came out and you started, you know, your own school, uh, and then then you started your own training program. Oh yeah. Um, so let's talk about all that. <clears throat> I, you know, I know Henzo. Henzo's right around the corner from you in Manhattan. Um, trained under a lot of his students as well when they started to receive their black belts. And when I moved out here to Branson, um, it was a tough transition for me, living in the tri-state area for forty-two years. I move out here, and if you had noticed, I'm, I'm blasted from head to toe with tattoos. Um, and I moved into the Bible Belt. So I, I was prejudged a lot when I moved out here, a ton. And again, ha having having the um, felony on my, on my record didn't help with the jobs. So I had a few people that got into my ear about starting a martial arts school. And at that point in time, I still wanted just to, to train. I really didn't want to open up a school, but... I was kind of, I wouldn't say forced into it. I was talked into it, which, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't have any regrets at all. And I, I started the very first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school here in Branson, Missouri. And I was very, very fortunate that a lot of my students that came on board were state highway patrolmen, um, sheriff's department, local PD. So I wanted to get in, get in the contracts for all the, the law enforcers out here, which obviously helped out in. Believe it or not, I mean it's it, it's a it's a different breed. Um, they're not as they are judgmental, but they're not. Let's put it that way. It, it's it, it's it's different. Um, I got along with them really well. They became some of my best friends. You know, back back in Jersey and Philly, forget it. You're not. You know what I mean? It, it, it's a whole different set of rules, man. Like you're a felon, yeah, yeah. Well, you stay on that side. We stay on this side. You're a cowboy, <laughs> right? But. I started, you know, I, I started to create a living out here. So I started to open up school, started to train, and um, I did well, you know. But I always found a pattern through all my years. Within every five to seven years, you're going to get a group that gets together and, you know, somebody's ranked to a purple belt or brown belt. They think they can do it better than you. So, and I'm usually on the money on who it is. I, you know, had a bet with my financial my financial investor with me and I had an individual that tried to do this when I was getting my hip replaced. They figured this is a great time. You know, he might not even come back from it. Okay. I came back stronger 
and I had a boycott. So I had to split and I lost a lot of my instructors. So I bounced back from that and was doing well. But like I was telling you before Hurricane, I started to lose the passion. And I will tell everybody, every time I step onto this mat, I have to earn that black belt that I'm wearing. Bottom line, it's a, it's a it's daily operation. For any reason, I do not, um, you know, misrepresent it. I don't take it for granted. It is something that I have to earn every time I walk onto the mats. And when I started to lose the passion and I'm looking at my clock, wondering is, is it almost time to stop teaching? That's when I knew it was time to bow off the mats. And that was probably about nine months ago. However, I always stayed involved in personal training. I've been a personal trainer now for 37 years. So um, it's always been my anchor. I love the weights. and I, I get something out of that one-on-one -on -one training that I cannot get anywhere else where I have that solitude, and it's just me and the iron, me and the weights. And, again, it's that body body connection, the body-muscle connection right there. And I, I, I started that up. I started my online business where – I trained people all over the country, and it took off. I mean, it took off when COVID hit. When COVID hit and everybody was locked down, you know, people weren't going to the gyms. They, they, they didn't know where to train. So I came up with a system, and like I said, it's it's been taken off. It has. So I've been very fortunate. I've been blessed. Here at my school, I got 10,000 square feet. I have about 25 uh, clients that I train on a weekly basis, which is one-on-one. -on -one. I'm, I'm an invite-only gym. So, again, if you're not invited, you're not allowed here. And I love it because we were talking about that one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. I can't have that because we're a group community and we hold each other accountable every day. I actually do something that I learned in prison. It's roll call where you wake up every morning and you shout out. Well, I throw a morning text out every morning at 2.30 or 3 a.m. That's the time I wake up Monday through Sunday. I do not take a day off. Um, it's part of my, it's part of my non-negotiable task. Every morning I'm waking up at 2.30 AM. I kind of get my mind right. I do my push-ups, I pray and I throw out roll call. So now all of my clients are responsible to when they receive that to say up and everybody's on their phone, hurricane. I don't care what they tell you. Oh, I'm taking a break from Facebook. I'm taking a break from Instagram. No, they're not. They're on their phone, scrolling through it. They just put the blocks on it. So everybody can at least say up. And I track them. So if I see a pattern where every morning at 3.30 or 4 a.m., because I start my classes at 5 a.m., if Monday through Friday you're, you're up at 4.30 and then I see on Saturday and Sunday you're hitting me at 11 a.m., 12 noon, 1 p.m., you're going to get a phone call. I might even show up to your house and ask what's going on. You know, were you out partying, playing grab ass with your buddies? You know, are you having are you having marital issues? Uh, you know, significant other issues? Are you having problems with your kids? Are you depressed? Do you have any anxiety? I get to the core principles of your problem, and we come up with a solution. Oh, wow! I <laughs> well, first of all, so there's a few things that 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 you've touched on. One is after all the ordeals in life came up, you moved up to a whole different area, started a whole new life. And, and and that in itself, folks, is something that, you know, as I stated when I opened up the, the show, is that there's some resilience, there's perseverance, determination, and there's also hope here because, you know, life is going to throw all kind of nonsense to us. Oh, and by the way, there is no one that is immune to this. Uh, we all have different things that happen to us in life. Absolutely. And 
But here's the thing. No matter what, there is a way to restart. There's always a good way to start. There's always a way. And if one location is not good for you, you move to another location. In this case, you moved out of state. You found a whole new home. You build yeah. a whole new family and a whole new community. And that's the thing. Sometimes we are so caught in, into one area or one element, and we just feel that we are trapped. We're not trapped. No one is. You know, you can move from one country to the other. You can move from one state to the other, from one city to the other. You know, you can find a whole new home. You can do whatever you want. I mean, again, freedom, right? That's the beauty of it. We have the ability. And it doesn't cost a lot to get, you know, to the moving. Now, obviously, to start a business stuff, you find a way. You find a partner, someone to actually bring in, you know, the capital to do stuff. But you have the skills. Somebody, there's always a way, folks, you know, but, but do not lose hope no matter what. It's never, you never give up. Because as long as you breathe, there is a chance to do better. And by the way, Rick, I've seen, I've had quite a few discussions with many people uh, that have made the difference in many lives today, despite, you know, their their early days in, in life. Because a lot of us, we, listen, we always hear this story about like, do you have any regrets? Would you have any regrets? Would you change something if you were to go back in time? I can tell you, I, I think the formula there is not that you have regrets. We did what we did. And you know what? We did it based on the circumstances we had then. However, if we can go back and change a couple of things because we know better, yeah, I think everybody would do that. Absolutely. You know, it's, not, it's not like you regret what you 100%. did. You know, now, you can regret the bad thing if you did it. But the fact of the matter is like we can go back and maybe take off. Like, listen, if I shouldn't, like as you said, if you did not have to do those those years there, you could have avoided them. Now, you can't go back in time, but someone else can learn that lesson. But if we ever had the opportunity to go back in time, there's so many things that each and every one of us can actually change. You know, we made mistakes. And by the way, they're not failures. They're learning experiences. But, but, but you know, now that we learned the tricks, we can just bypass all that, you know, and just go straight to the good stuff. But that's the thing. But here's the thing, folks. The lesson learned is that we can do better. And yes, you can change your life for better. And there's always, and again, even as you've moved and changed and, and got successful, all they had to do is get one little hip surgery, you know, which can happen to anyone and they give into accidents to happen. And now your business is suffering because there is some elements that may see opportunity. That's always going to happen, folks. That's the other thing. But I love what you said, Rick, is that, you know, for the most people, probably like, you know, out of everyone that possibly can be your, your students, Law enforcement, you know, folks and agents, you know, oh, yeah. and, and but but that's a beautiful thing because they as you embraced said, me, man. <laughs> well, you you respect them because you understand oh, their role, 100%. and that's the difference. See, that's the thing people don't they may not get that part, you know. Yes, in in the real world, yes, bad guys, good guys, well, all this stuff, you know, we right. all have labels, but but really, when people get to know each other, they will understand the circumstances, they understand everything, and they'll respect that. And you know what? Once you know someone for the core. You know someone who they are, Absolutely. not what what we label them to be or what their circumstances. Many people are just unfortunately they they into a set of things that actually they can't change, and they're stuck with them until they find a way out or there is a way out. But but you did it well and you've changed that. And now I love your system, where you actually hold in accountable people that you train. You know the one on one concept that you're actually you know doing a certain amount of people that you are changing their lives, and it's something that you have a passion for. That's the other thing. I love you it. Know, it. As long as you love what you do and you have oh, passion yeah. for what you do, you can always be happy and make others happy. That's it. And, and, and that's 100%. You know, I tell people, everybody should have a why. 
You know what I mean? Why are you doing this? And then you find out what your purpose is, maybe. All right. And then if you align that with your passion, that that's 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 the ingredients that all you need to live a perfect life. Like I I love what I do, Hurricane. I I really do. Like vacation, I, I'm on vacation. My 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 favorite part of the day is when I get up and I start my day. I love it. I love going out there and changing lives because I've learned over the years to be selfless, not selfish. You know, anymore, it's not about me. It's what I can give away to them. I tell my students all the time, create the person you want to be and need to be, then give that person away. And that's it. Just just constant, constant rhythm. Pass it down. And again, be selfless, not selfish. You know, that's an amazing feeling when you are giving. And, and, you know, you're, you're not doing it for you. And by the way, by doing it for others, you're fulfilling you, you know, that, that's the thing. I mean, it comes with, with a beautiful price and there is a satisfaction to it. And there is a, a good feel. I mean, it's like, it, it never fails when you know that you're helping others do better and be better. You know, I mean, listen, you paid your dues in yeah. life and you know what? There's nothing now more than, than, than beautiful that you're able to help other people live a better life, a healthier life. And, you know, and again, fitness is a great piece of health. I mean, you need to, and by the way, by the 100%. way, you and I, you, you and I, we had a you know, joke about the age early on before we started the show, yeah. you know, you're, you're in the bodybuilding and the strength training and all the stuff and the weight, you know, that's building mass and muscle. And you know what? That's actually help. That helps aging less, you know, than, than, than the non, you know, weight and working and things like that. It's 100%. a very, it's a very important piece. For our audiences that are listening, you know, weight training, you know, you do your cardio, you build your cardio, that's neat that's needed because you want to keep, you know, the stuff going. But certainly you want to keep that muscle mass and you cannot do it without weight training or resistance training. And that, so you do that. And I, I, by the way, you got a nice little, you know, uh, picture of yours, you know, that's going to come on the show. You okay. know, the one. You know, yeah, nicely, yeah. Th- that's yeah. a nicely ripped, you know, uh, you know, shot there. But, but you know, that's what it is. And and the and that that's the other thing. See, people don't realize. Yeah, folks, yeah, you know, your 50s are not the 40s or the 30s. Your body is not the same. You know, you're gonna build. It takes a lot more. You know, it's not the same. No one. By the way, we should judge the best each other. shape ever when I turned 50. The best shape of my life. I was 50 years of age. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you right there. Again, we were talking about mindset. Mindset is everything. If your mind is not right, you will not be right. The people that you involve yourself with will not be right. The majority of the things you do in your life will not be right until you're right. And and I preach it all the time. I mean, that's my first program that I put people on is mindset and macros. I get to get their head right first and I put them on a clean diet. So I get them on a macro-based diet with their mind right. Then we go on to the next level. Because, of, again, if your mind's not right, nothing will be right. So, so let's talk about that. You know, yeah. you know the the the, the format. So yeah. you you got a personal, you know, a person to train. Yep. You know what what does that uh, look like in terms of program? I get it. You know, you get them going. There is some accountability. But so you've just touched on the macro and the the mindset concept. So let's talk about how that looks like. What is what is a I guess a normal time frame where someone starts the program and where they can start seeing some results. I tell people to give me at least three months. 
I mean, they're going to see something within a month. But then that's not just when they're starting to pick up the momentum. They really are. All depending, again, if, if they're in my mindset in macro program, they, they can they can take that on for as long as they need it. Because, again, if, if their head is messed up, they're going to be messed up. But once they graduate that, and a lot of people just jump right into the training as well, where we do the group community. But what I do, Hurricane, is I give them non-negotiable tasks that they have to complete through the day. And one of them is getting up early. Now, they don't have to be a madman like me and get up at 2.30 a.m. every day. But I would like to see them get up at least by 5. At least by 5. And then we work off of that. If you can set it back 15 minutes a little earlier, and then a couple of weeks later, set it back 15 minutes. Because my theory on life is when it comes to working out, the majority of the population, if they do not get it done in the morning, they're going to find something in their life that takes away from them doing it in the afternoon. If they're married, if they have kids, if they have other obligations, something will pop up throughout your daily, your daily events that, that might take you away from working out. So if you get it done first thing in the morning, it's out of the way. Not only are you starting your way, your day off in a positive direction, but you're burning calories throughout the day as well, and you just feel better. You perform better. You act better. And it's out of the way. You don't have to worry about it again until the next morning. So it's a good way of starting your day. And again, the majority of the population will have a kid's game that they have to go to a recital or something's going to pop up in their life where it's going to take them out of the rhythm of going to work. Even if they're just mentally or physically exhausted from work, all depending on what they do for a living, that can take them out of the game as well. So when you're woke up, you're caffeinated, whatever you do to get your morning started, you're starting off fresh, you have your most energy, take advantage of it. Well, thank you. And and there's there's a there's a fact about waking up early and especially the early hours, just about sunrise. You know, there's there's some red light, you know, in the air. There's some energy in the air. There's there's a lot of talks about, uh, you know, getting those first rays of the sun and you know, grounding yourself and all the stuff. Yep. And you know what? I love it. Y- your day will be better. It is. And by the way, even religiously, people wake up to pray in, in all denominations. I mean, and that's Arcadian, a, that's a good time. Clock. Yeah, they say yeah. three forty between three forty and four o'clock is you get your most clarity. There you go. So uh, it is. It is powerful, and you know, I mean, listen, it is tough. I'm not saying it's easy, but but you know, especially because our work, you know, schedules are aligned differently, and we have to. Sometimes you're not independent, where you can control your day. You have to work in somebody else's schedule, and then you come back and you're exhausted. And you, but then again, it's just habit, right? You instead of sleeping at midnight, you sleep at nine or ten. You know, and, you know, basically you get your sleep, you know, beauty sleeping on uh, the same hours that you need for the day. So there's ways to do these things, but, but it's, it's, it's just an important piece. As you said, it's every single thing, uh, nutrients and, and, and food. What do you say to that, Nick? I mean, is, I mean, Rick, is there any um, food, food? Like, is there any, that's, that's 75% of your, um, of everything. I mean, really, I mean, you know, what you ingest is who you are. So you, you you put junk in your food, you're you're going to be running off of junk. I mean, you're not you're not going to sustain. You cannot outwork a poor diet. Bottom line, that's why I'm so firm. I tell people all the time, just through my my mindset and macro program, even if you throw in some calisthenics, within three months I can have you looking like a bodybuilder, shredded abs, the whole nine yards. I cannot do it the reverse way. Get somebody in the gym working out. And they, they train like a beast, do everything I'm telling them, but they have a poor diet. You're going to see results, but you see more results when, when you actually zero in, you dial in on your macros, your diet, 
and you get that right. And it's not hard. All you're doing is you're counting your calories, your fat, your carbs, and your proteins. I mean, if you can't do that, you don't you don't, you don't deserve to be behind the wheel of a car. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it's it, it's not it's not rocket science, but it is somewhat science. And I tell people I perfected the majority of my life to it. So I break it down to its simplest form. I have a level, and then I start them off on a second level, and then all depending on their activity, how well they're actually performing and and participating, I have a third level as well. There you, are, there you have it. I, I mean, probably pretty walked. Well, yeah, but 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 you you cover it. You know all the basics. I mean, as you said, the, the, by the way, you give the best picture that someone can work out, do all the stuff, but if the food and the nutrients are not there, you're not going to have the results. And by the way, unfortunately, that is real because you hit the gym, but, you know, you go out, you get, you know, you drink a lot, you get yep. a lot of, lot of, you know, fries and wings and all the, the stuff. Now, I'm not saying that every now and then sometimes we taste these things and they taste good, whatever, you know, yeah. a little potty here and there, but but it's the, and, and you said, if you know your proteins, you know your stuff, you still can calculate correctly so you can get the right levels in a daily intake but but it's just that that whole like you know what your body's requirements are you know how much protein you need for the day you need how, how many sugars you you need to to get right. it to burn and also and but but those are things like maybe the average person may not know and that's why we need someone that knows these things such as yourself you train people you have a system in place they join and and by the way Again, you said something powerful about the three months. I mean, you cannot see results. Yes, you can see some changes, but a good, a good, you know, transformation doesn't happen overnight. It does just that, like everything else, right? It takes everything good takes time. So, so hard work, hard work, and 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 you you got to give it the time and just dedication. Now, one hundred percent. Yeah, people people try to look for instant gratification right away. And they think there's some magic pill, potion, or powder that's going to do it. No, it's consistency, determination, discipline, hard work, and time, and that will get you the results. <laughs> that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. But but really, that's what it takes. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who is listening, where we are. Those are the elements of the basic things that we need to be able to get results and maintain results. And that's the other thing. This is not something that you do and you drop. Like, like you know, uh, this is a long life relationship with your body and yourself and your mindset. And you, those changes have to happen. And you have to have commitment. And it's really, you know, uh, long and <laughs> what do you call it? Enduring stuff. It's not going to be like, you know, okay, I'm going to try it. And by the way, that's exactly what we have. We hear the yo-yo diets. We hear all these little things. People yep. get in, get out, you know, these gyms, they do the different programs. You know, I want to do this transformation program for three, six months, whatever. But then you drop, you, you drop. know, it, it, this is, this, and that's the, the hardest part about this. It's not, you know, it's, a, it's a marathon, as they say, not a sprint. That's you great. gotta be, you gotta keep it up for the rest of your life. And he's not, if you look at it this way, the definition of diet is a habitual way of eating. Okay. So none of those Atkins, any of those keto diets, they're not long lasting. And if you just sit down and you grab a pen and a piece of paper and you figure out, okay, I'm going to have this amount of calories, let's just say 2,000 calories a day, and I'm going to have 200 grams of protein, I'm going to have 200 grams of carbs, and I'm going to have less than 50 grams of fat. And you just work off of that every day, and you just start writing down your food. 
Now you're acknowledging it. It's becoming real. It's on paper. And you track it. And you start readjusting it as needed. Now, if you have additional leftover calories and you want a piece of cake, you want a candy bar, you want a milkshake, and it fits into your macros, you can have it. So, again, it's just training your mind and your body to do the right things. And if you veer off, veer off and still journal it down. So you're constantly aware of what you're putting into your body. So when it's time to get back on track, you're on track. You know, and, it, and again, it's just simple math. If people that are college educated and street smarts and things of that nature, they do a lot of amazing things with their brain. If they would just put a percentage of that into their diet, which ultimately is your life. You know, you're looking at your life. I tell people, you know, you tell me that you would, you know, die for your family. But why don't you try to live for them and, and get down with the food first? Because what you're putting in your body is who you are. You know, you hear the expression all the time. If you pulled up with a Lamborghini or Ferrari, you're not just going to put regular gas into it. No, you're going to put high octane into it. Why? Because it's a Ferrari. It's a Lamborghini. Well, consider your body that. You know, that, that is one of the greatest gifts of God. That it, God is the greatest gift that your creator or whomever gave you was your body. Take care of that. <laughs> you know, that, that that's, that's the highest form of gratitude is taking care of your temple. Why wouldn't well, you? Well, it's it's amazing that you, you're you saying this. It is technically common sense, but it's not common sense. It's for not. Many of, for many of us, we do it's make not. the mistake. And because we have so much, again, there's influence, there is, there is marketing out there, there's products, there is excitement. Uh, yep. You know, we, we socialize and, and, and it kind of comes with a price. And usually the price is we eat a lot, we party a lot, we drink a lot and all that, like one of the main simple things, uh, for example, drinking alcohol, right? I mean, listen, people drink, but you know, some alcohol is different than not. I mean, for example, beer is very common right and beer has a lot of calories a lot of sugars and things like that and so it causes a lot of problems you know and and that's extra sugar that you might not even need like again snacking we have those habits of snacking and yep. people just kind of put in all the non-needed non stuff in the body as you said it's like as you said the best thing is you throw in the wrong gas in that vehicle and you know you you're not going to get better but unfortunately, these are real and they're happening. And we we have, you know, we, we have diseases, illnesses that are really coming from these poor choices and behaviors. And that's the whole thing. I mean, I've had multiple shows about the nutrition, the diets and things like that. And they all point to the same thing. We all can be better if we pick out good food and, and, and be selective of what we eat, the quantities 100%. we eat. And, and of course, a good regimen of, of, of workout and muscle building and things like that. And it's all, I mean, it's, it's repeating itself over and over. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> I tell them all the time, rinse and repeat, you know, and, and again, make it a way of life. I mean, I have no tolerance for alcohol and drugs at all. You know, and people know that I'm a little bit of a self-righteous individual. Um, you know, if, if you're a social drinker, why even do it? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, for those that do it, hey, man, that's fine. That's great. That's okay, but why? You know, I mean, I, I, I'd rather have some other form of calories because that's how in tune I am with my body. You know, this is the way I think. And I don't I don't expect everybody to be obsessed like I am or possessed. But again, you know, I, I tell people all the time that idle time that you have, you know, boredom is going to lead into uh, desires. 
Desires always lead into vices, and vices can be food. It doesn't have to be beer or drugs. And and, and then vices go into habits. They're your daily habits. So, again, you want to create as many positive daily habits as you can have, and that's going to consist with eating throughout the day. That's going to be one. And then, again, the following day, you rinse and repeat. Hensel Gracie had a saying, and I don't know if he probably still says, says it, what you do today will either make you better or worse tomorrow. And that's with everything. If you want to go out there and play grab ass with your buddies at the bar and shoot down a few shots and drink some beer, you're going to pay the consequences the following morning. And that's that's going to interfere with your, your production throughout the day. Now, again, I'm not down the ones that do it. It's just I don't have any time for it. I don't. I have too many positive things that I put throughout my day that that would just that would destroy me. It would just throw such, such a big monkey wrench into my rhythm, my flow, that it's not even worth the risk. Because, again, I'm not fixing something that's not broke. But, again, it's just those daily. And then when people drink, they make, they make poor decisions. That's the first thing that leaves is, is your, your um, not your decisions, but your judgment. Anytime you're on some kind of drug or vice or alcohol, first thing that leaves you is your judgment. And usually it's your judgment of eating because you get hungry. And then next thing you know, you're <laughs> eating bad food. That's it. Doritos, mm-hmm. junk, just things that, you, you know, you really don't need to be putting in your body. Well, thank you. And, you know, you, you said a very, very powerful line in there. I mean, you said many, but one specifically that I think everybody should make that, you know, a, a rule. You know, we don't have to die for our loved ones. We have to live for our loved ones. And I, 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 I really enjoyed hearing that because, you know, and not only just live, live healthier. Because if you live and you're sick, you're just a burden. You're not on you on and themselves. As opposed to if you live healthier, because you can do more. As you said, even your performance and everything is going to be better with that work at home, you know, with your friends, your family, your kids. Things are going to be better. Now, you also met, you know, you know, you you kind of talked about I don't have time. Someone can say, Well, yeah, you're older now, you're thinking about time. But even when you're young, folks. Actually, that's where you need to make a lot of good decisions because, you know, you don't, you don't want to, again, you don't want to get to the point where like your time is, you know, is, you know, ticking and you're like, start. here's the thing. I, I can tell you this. I can relate to it. Before 50, you don't even think about time. Right. It is a fact. Yep. You hit 50. I don't know what happened, but you start thinking about time because you, you do. start calculating, like you start like figuring like, I can't go quicker. 20 years to 70, 20, you know, I mean, that's if you live. 30 to 80, I mean, and and we know 80 is not really, you're not, you don't see a lot of, you know, top-notch, you know, bodies at 80. So so you're already you questioning, know. like, I'm on, on the downhill here. So yeah. you start thinking time. But, you know, think about it way, way early. If you are in the 20s and the 30s, it's a good time to start thinking about those things. And even early on, if you can, why not? Now, I get it. We're young. We've all been there. You know, you go out, you want to have some fun, you want to, you know, Potter with people and friends, it happens. But yeah. again, just just as you said, healthy habits. Don't make that the habits. Maybe make that the occasional stuff. And you know, and you can still be ahead of the game. You know, I mean, I, listen. You go to gym. You see a lot of young folks really pumping and doing good stuff, and it feels Absolutely. good. It makes you feel really like competitive. You know, oh, I wish I, I, you know, I want, I want those days back. But you know, those days are limited, and they will go on. Time is gonna pass. You know what? No, no one is is staying here for 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 <laughs> forever. We just got to do our bit and make sure that we do it right. And let's live for our families healthier and do the better things. You know, again, that's all there is. And even for you, let's like talking about 
selfless versus selfish. In this case, so your self-love is important. You need to be you first because you can't benefit anyone else. That's so, right. That's right. It's like the oxygen mask. Take it so you can save everybody else. You know, and, and I got to that point in my life where I'm in a good position where, again, I'm very mindful of, of everything I do. So, you know, if you if you have a, a certain part of your day or time that you kind of neglect something, I just know I got to double down the next day. And what I mean by neglected is maybe I wasn't able to make as many phone calls as I needed. You know, I, I do have daily tests that I adhere to, or maybe it's a few posts on, on social media that I found, putting out a video on YouTube. You know, these are things that I do on a, on a weekly basis that I, I hold myself accountable to them every single day. And I have it down to a system. It's a system. But life gets in the way. Maybe I have additional clients that are coming in here. Maybe it's a holiday. But it, it's one of those things that I, I'm hard on myself. I'm very hard on myself. And if you're able to start applying these principles at an early age, it just makes it a lot easier for when you get to be our age now. You're not playing catch up. It's already part of, of your life. And I tell you, for those that are, are looking to raise families and have kids or have kids, your weakness is their way out. So whatever it is, you know, if you're that parent that's a sideline parent and you're on that couch eating a bag of chips and drinking some beer or soda, and you're telling your kid to go out and do some martial arts or or play play ball, they're like, well, you're on the couch drinking beer and eating potato chips, and you're my Superman. You know, even though Superman's like 380 pounds and he's a sack of you know what, well, you know what I mean? You got you got to live by example. Bottom line, because your weakness is their way out. No matter what, they're going to want to emulate you and be like you because you are their superwoman, superman. You are their, their, their yeah. hero. Yep. Wow. Can't do it, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, again, we you're doing your part. We're doing our part to bring some of the messaging to people. Hopefully we can again, you know, you hear a lot about the the awakening and and you know, this is part of being awake and being Absolutely. aware, uh, you know, of of who we are, what we have to do, and so on and so forth. And it, it starts with, you know, taking care of this. And this means you can take care better for your close ones and being, as you said, that role model for them and the hero that they should expect. Now, of course, folks, you know, we don't force anything on anyone. Someone says, I'm happy in my skin. I don't care. I want to live this way. By the way, that's a choice. But I understand that choice comes with prices. And as long as you're willing, you know, to endure whatever that price is. Now, someone can live, uh, you know, to 90 and 100 with, uh, you know, you know, fat and all the stuff and all the wrong things. And yeah, yeah it can happen. But again, but statistically, the, it doesn't. Exactly. Statistically, you know, that's the odd case and not the actual standard. And therefore, do you want to have, listen, diabetes is just the simplest thing. In, do you see yourself poking yourself every day, a couple of times, you know, to shoot insulin and you have up and down sugar and you like rushing or like, you know, you're going crazy. Eat, that's not something you want. Trust me, I, you know, I, I am dreading that because I do have diabetes in the family and I, I look at everything because I, I don't want to get to that point where I have to do that. So it is, it is, I'm talking about my personal experience here, but folks, everybody, you know, you got to do what's right by you, whatever that is. We're not judging you. We're not actually forcing this message onto you, but you know what? Listen, it is available. These are things that can help you do better, be better. And that's all there is. So Rick, how can people 
join your program and i mean obviously you do it nationally so or internationally for that matter how can they reach out to you and and join your program if they wanted to they can go onto my landing page hurricane and that's www.strength certified it's strength dash certified with an s so again guys i spell certified with an s not a c certified with an s.com www.strength-certified.com and it's not a typo right <laughs> it's not a typo nope. yeah just 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 it's a trick you know it's it's yeah. it's for to get I'm trying to get their, everybody's minds going you know what i mean and that's it and again it's a simple landing page um all you have to do is book a phone call with me or we can dm each other but typically i give everybody um a non um commitment uh you know no obligation half an hour phone call so we kind of just figure out if it's for them or not and the majority of the people do sign up and if not hey listen i'm, I'm fine with your with your response regardless I, I treat everybody fairly and um next that's it <laughs> next is, is the program for male and female or any specific Absolutely. groups it does, it, you know it doesn't I mean, matter. age groups no no again i mean it i i, I train teenage kids so I have teenage kids. I mean, obviously, I'd like them to be at least the age of 13. Um, but at the same point in time, the majority of my clients range anywhere from, I would say, 21 to 71. Okay. <laughs> that's, you know, that's pretty, that, that's pretty diverse, you know, audiences, you know, and, and, and I'm sure they, they, they vary in, in how they adhere to it. But if, if they all follow the system, the results are going to be there. You know, and that's all. I mean, obviously, the metabolism is different. Things are different. 100% but... guaranteed, Hurricane. As long as they follow my blueprint to the T, and I can tell if they're lying to me because I get it all the time. You know, and, and they expose themselves. 100% 100% guaranteed results. All right. Well, Rick, you know, we've we've exceeded our hour a long time ago. <laughs> Love it. But but we had fun. I, I Listen, I learned. I appreciate you being open about your life story and sharing the values and, you know, for people, hopefully that, you know, we can help someone today, you know, not to fall into a trap in their early ages, but also we want people to really potentially be aware that they can do better for their health by, you know, joining a program or at least knowing that they need to do something about it with you or, or elsewhere. But the idea is, you know, why not do something, take care of your business here and your health. And that's the best business you can have, um, you know, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, any last words of wisdom that you want to leave our audiences with? Like I was saying in the beginning, you know, solitude helped me out a lot knowing myself. And I mean, really being alone. And people would say prison time. I, I wasn't alone in prison unless you were in solitary confinement, which wasn't, you know, I mean, <laughs> I experienced it. However, you know, even when you're in prison itself, you're around other individuals, you're other inmates. You know, get some solitude. Find some time with yourself. If it's reading, reflections, maybe meditating. If you do it a few times a week, and uh, or if you go on to a long task, get to know yourself. Because without knowing yourself, it's hard to get to know other people as well. And and you got to be you got to be comfortable in your own skin to make other people feel comfortable in theirs. Well, thank you, oh, Rick. There is one thing I we didn't talk about. Is that you are a biker and you belong to a family? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I, I, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was part of one percent motorcycle club, one of the largest in the world, actually, the top five. And um, you know, it was something I experienced. It's something I loved. 
But there was a point in time where it, it was time to move on. And again, we were, um, you know, multiple nationalities itself. It wasn't just um, 100% white. We had blacks, Chinese, Spanish, Asians. So again, with that, I think Sons, Sons of Anarchy kind of messed it up for a lot of the MCs. That's the motorcycle clubs out there. But yeah, it just gets back to being prejudgmental, you know, judging people. And that's just human nature. I get prejudged all the time until they get to know me. And then they realize that I'm one of the biggest teddy bears out there. And I got a huge heart. But yeah, when you, when you what they love the most and what I love about the most is when people actually come up and say hi to you. You know, most people want, want to be afraid and hide. And, you know, you, you have about 25 to 50 bikers out there. It can be intimidating, but we're just out to have a good time. All right. Well, listen, I mean, it, it's it's a fact. That's a cool fact about you that, that we didn't didn't talk about it. And, yeah. Because uh, yeah. that, that, that's an interesting, you know, you know, piece of life. I mean, when you're part of the community and you guys yeah. have these, I mean, you see that, like, you see some of these outings, you know, on the road sometimes you got a like hundred bikers going through and oh, you go to like daytona i think there's there's a huge uh huge yeah gathering every year there i mean every like, year and just the bikes are just beautiful machines they I are she gorgeous Man. stuff i, I mean, still ride i still ride i just didn't have i didn't have enough time to dedicate to the club you know my time right now is just so involved in what i'm doing for the community my community that um you know again i had to be that that's one way I had to be somewhat selfish to my group because of again it just it just needed more of my time and and that's what I chose to do. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's just that you are responsible and accountable to them. So absolutely, <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, you know, if you really you know care for your 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 group, you're gonna you're gonna have to dedicate yourself to them, and you know, and there's not there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're hundred percent. Yeah, and I get a lot of my old guys that, that I used to ride with that train with me now too. So, like I said, it's you know I I still I still have the brotherhood. That's they're still family. I I just don't ride as much with them. Well, listen, why not, right? But you you know the thing about you can ride anywhere, right? It's just you know oh, nationally course. and yeah. So yeah, they, no doubt, no doubt. It it's fun. Anybody who uh I was thinking about getting on a motorcycle, it's good. It's good therapy. We call it wind therapy, and it's there's a lot of truth to that. I don't know in your neck of the woods, the hurricane. Yeah, you got a lot of crazy drivers out here. It's wide open here, country. So you get you get the free free ride. You know the road the roads back in where you're in your neck uh, of the woods. Here's up on a bumper. It's congested, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing the bikers do have is that they can wiggle between the cars and move on faster oh, yeah. than any other vehicle. That's Absolutely. one thing. Absolutely. They don't have to sit in there. They're just like, zam right through. Like, that's it. They got. That's right. And they were like, shish. <laughs> oh, man. Well, right. well listen, Rick, it, it, it was fun, man, having you on. That You know, I enjoyed this discussion. And thank you for, for coming in and sharing your value and, and your really, I mean, a lot of good nuggets you know for about life and health i mean it's it's we touch on everything martial arts yeah. you know uh biking i mean we we, we covered quite a bit of got it all and it, 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 all. Was an honor. it was an honor hurricane i appreciate you having me on here you know like we were saying earlier it was amazing because i log on i'm early for everything that's just the way i am you know it was the old vince lombardi saying you know when you're early you're, you're, on time. Early. you're in time you're late <laughs> and if you're late don't show up I just something that sunk in. So I'm always on about 10 to 15 minutes early and you were right on. 
I was like, uh, there we go. And you got a lot of followers. You know, you typically the, the ones with a lot of followers are the ones that are like three minutes, four minutes late on me. I'm like, did they cancel on us or what? You know, but I appreciate your time. You know, you, you did an outstanding uh, job interviewing and uh, we will reconnect again in the future. Well, thank you. And just just one thing. I mean, that's that goes also for me. I mean, I I just how I've been. You know, you know, sync from from the beginning of my life. I'm always like, you know, I if I tell you I'm gonna be on this time, I'm gonna be on that time, and I'm always, you know, early. I don't I don't oh. like to be late to anything, uh, you know. And but also, I led a lot of sales, you know. I mean, say similarly, so Vince Lombardi's coaching is part of yep. what we train on, and it's you know I learned that myself when I started in my career path, and it stuck with me, and it it's a great thing to have. There's nothing wrong great. with that. Absolutely. Well, well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being with us. Right. Okay. Thank you. Peace. My pleasure. Peace. All right, folks. That's it. This is the end of our show today. Hope you enjoyed our discussion and you got a couple of things here for life that you can, you know, either for yourselves or share with others. Uh, and yeah, spread the word out there, folks, you know, and uh, let's educate and enlighten others. And that's about it. Uh, I'm Hurricane H. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic. Bye for now.